0: Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smart and eyes. Today's episode Can I Get a Witness? It's Saturday morning, and your doorbell rings. You answer the door and find two people who are so neat and so clean that they could go into surgery without any further scrubbing. One of them says to you, Hi, I'm with a group of ministers in the area, and I'd like to share a scripture with you. He opens his Bible and reads from Psalm 37, verse 10. And just a little while longer, and the wicked one will be no more, and you will certainly give attention to his place and he will not be. Now, he continues, this was written more than three thousand years ago, and they're telling you here that it's just a little while longer. If it was just a little while back then, it must be really soon now, don't you think? Ah, yes, your neighborhood is now infested with Jehovah's Witnesses, going from door to door, seeking to convert you to their beliefs. Now, normally you would just say, I'm really not interested in close the door, but you're feeling a little mischievous this day, and you decide you're going to have some fun with them. You're going to engage them in a battle of wits, which you think will be easier than beating Stevie Wonder at a game of tennis. But much to your surprise, everything that you lob at them is returned smoothly and effortlessly. They have an answer to every point you make, to every objection that you come up with, and when it's all over you get the feeling that they've gotten the best of you. How can this be? You're intelligent. You're rational. You're smartinized. What happened? If you go to a used car dealer and you expect that you're going to rip him off, well, let me tell you, folks, it's just not going to happen. Because you buy a car every three or four or five years, and he sells cars every day. And he also spends a lot of time studying techniques and tricks and ways of dealing with any objection that you have. You're simply out of your league. He's going to beat you with experience. And that's exactly what you're dealing with when you try to go up against Jehovah's Witnesses. They go to five one-hour meetings a week, and two of them, the ministry school and service meeting, are designed to teach them what to do when they're out in public and preaching. The ministry school teaches them public speaking, and the service meeting, they call their door knocking going out in service, teaches them how to deal with folks like you, how to deal with objections, and they do this week after week after week, and every week they're also out there banging on doors, talking to people. Your problem was that everything that you threw at them was a standard thing, something that they've already dealt with before. So what you really want to do is hit them with a few things that they've never heard and watch what happens. Now, they know their Bible inside and out, and they can flip back and forth and pull out as many scriptures as they want or need. But you don't have to know that. All you have to know is one particular scripture, one section of the Bible. You're going to borrow their Bible and read some scriptures at them for a change. But before you do that, you've got to set this up correctly. Ask them if it's possible to make deals with God. If you can broker a deal with the Lord. And they'll tell you, no, of course not. God tells us what to do and we have to do it. Get them to emphatically state that no, you cannot make a deal with God. And then, borrow their Bible and turn to the first book. Genesis and flip to chapter 18 and begin reading in verse 23. This is the only scripture that you have to remember because everything that we're going to do here follows through from that. Every point that we're going to make goes through the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and all that fun stuff. In Genesis 18, God has told Abraham that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, at this point, just for setup, you might want to ask them, what was Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed for? And they will tell you it's for unfaithfulness, unrighteousness, and lots of sexual deviation. So establish that early on, because you're going to use that later. Now, with everything nicely set up, you're ready to read their Bible back at them. By the way, all these readings are from my own personal copy of the New World Translation. We strive for authenticity here. Then Abraham approached and began to say, Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous men in the midst of the city. Will you then sweep them away and not pardon the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are inside of it? It is unthinkable of you that you are acting in this manner to put to death the righteous man with the wicked one, so that it has to occur with the righteous man as it does with the wicked. It is unthinkable of you. Abraham had a lot of balls talking to God like this. Verse 26, Then Jehovah said, If I shall find in Sodom fifty righteous men in the midst of this city, I will pardon the whole place on their account. But Abraham went on to answer and say, Please, here I have taken upon myself to speak to Jehovah, whereas I am dust and dirt. Suppose the fifty righteous should be lacking five. Will you, for the five, bring the whole city to ruin? To this he said, I shall not bring it to ruin if I find there are forty-five. Then he goes on. In verse 29, he says, suppose there are 40 found there. God says, okay, I'll give you 40. How about 30? He keeps this up until finally he said, may Jehovah please not grow hot with anger, but let me speak just this once. Suppose there are 10 found there. In turn, he said, I shall not bring it to ruin on account of the 10. So he started with 50, got them down to 10. Abraham, the father of the entire Jewish race, got an 80% discount from God. I ran this bit by a Jewish friend of mine, and his response was, he got it wholesale. So now you've established that you can, in fact, negotiate with God. Well, wait a second, you just said that I couldn't. So now, after getting them to say, no, you can't negotiate with God, you've just established that, yes, you can And you did it with their own scriptures from their own Bible. You've now shaken them. They've never heard this before, I can guarantee you this, unless they came to my house. Now, keep going. Chapter 19 says, Two angels arrived at Sodom by evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom, and he caught sight of them and said, Come on into my house. And when they got there, some gays from Sodom came, surrounded Lot's tent, and said we want to have sex with these guys send them out lot responded in chapter 19 verse 7 then he said please my brothers do not act badly please i have two daughters who have never had intercourse with a man please let me bring them out to you so now here lot is offering these people his virgin daughters, saying please rape my daughters instead he's offering up his daughters for rape why doesn't god have a problem with this let him try and give you an answer to that. And then continue on. The rest of the chapter goes into detail about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. And this is a good point to bring up the question of, oh, what about the children? Obviously it was the city. There had to be kids in there. Two, three, four, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. Why did they deserve to be burned and tortured... Why did they deserve this horrible death for the sins of their parents? They may come back at you with something about resurrection or something like that. But don't let them off the hook. Ask them what this really says about the compassion of their God. So Lot gets away with his daughters. His wife, of course, turns around to look when she'd been told not to and she gets turned into a pillar of salt. But now Lot retreats to the mountains with his daughters, and this brings us to the end of chapter 19. Genesis 19.33 says, So they kept giving their father wine to drink during that night. Then the firstborn went in and lay down with her father, but he did not know when she lay down and when she got up. And it came about on the next day, and blah, blah, blah. Basically what happened was these two girls kept getting their father drunk, night after night after night, and had sex with him until they got pregnant. Wait a second, wasn't that just the kind of thing that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for? Why is God so inconsistent in his morals? At this point, you can hand the Bible back to them, and you've probably really thoroughly rattled them. And there's a very good reason for doing this. You're not doing this just to be mean. You're doing this for a reason. Let me give you that reason in a minute, but first... Let me give you one more thing that you can throw at them, something that, again, they've never heard before. First, you need to know a little bit about their theology, which states that Armageddon is going to come and is going to kill everybody except for Jehovah's Witnesses and maybe a few stray other good people. And then some various things are going to happen, and then we're all going to live forever on a paradise earth with no war or sickness or anything And there'll be plenty of bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches for everyone. So talk to them about it and have them tell you about how wonderful it will be that everybody is going to live forever in peace and harmony and everything is going to be sparkling and wonderful and beautiful. Then ask them, will you have music? Of course. How about novels? Will there be novels? Yeah. How about uh, movies and theater? Will you have those too? they will say, yeah, probably. And then hit him with the zinger. What will the movies and the plays and the novels and the songs be about? Since there is no sickness, since there is no crime, since there is no conflict, what will the subject of our art be? You're probably going to get a dog-in-the-freeway look on this one because this is, again, a question that no one has ever asked them and it's something that they have never thought about. Now, the few times that I've used it, they've come back with, well, you could do a a movie or a novel about uh, the way things were before Armageddon and yada, 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 at which point I came back with, so the only thing that's interesting enough for your art is what happened before Armageddon. Nothing in this paradise earth is going to be interesting enough for movies, theater, novels, music. And again, they're going to sit there with this blank look on their face because this is something that they've never thought about. Something they've never contemplated. Why go to all this trouble? Well, you probably don't want to. But it's fun. It's entertaining. But more importantly, you may actually be doing a good deed because you're planting seeds of doubt in their mind. And these seeds of doubt may take root and they may sprout in a week or a month or a year or five years from now and they may wake up and say, Wow, this is all bullshit. How do I know this? Because, my friends, for the first 19 years of my life, I was one of those obnoxious door knockers. Yeah, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, and I escaped when I was 19. Actually, completely got out of it when I was 20. And there were a whole lot of things over the course of my young life at the time that made me go, "Eh, something's not right here. This is bullshit. Although I didn't use language like that back then. And one of them were people that had done this kind of thing to me while I was out knocking on doors. And in the 15 or so years that I had done it, it only happened a couple of times, but it stuck with me, and I remembered it. It certainly wasn't the only thing that triggered those doubts that led me to escape the cult and to find freedom. But it was one of them. And maybe, just maybe, you can help plant those seeds of doubt, too. You'll never know if they've sprouted or not. But you could be doing a very, very good deed. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just see a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been eyes. Since the last episode, the Podcast Peer Awards has been getting a lot of press. I had a brief interview on NPR a couple days ago. That was very cool. They're really taking off. And if you're a podcaster who's not involved yet, go on over to podcastpeers.org and sign yourself up. If you're not a podcaster, if you're just a listener, go over there as well and take a look at the nominations page. That's a list of the people who are doing really well in the nominations. There's some really cool shows there, and I'll guarantee you that there's some that you haven't heard before. I have been getting more and more email lately, which is great. I love to hear from everybody. My email address is hitman at davehit.com, and you can get the correct spelling of that in the MP3 tags of this file. Or you can go to davehit.com, which is spelled with two T's, and you'll find email links all over the place there. You can also leave me a voicemail at 206-203-4488. That's 206-203-HIT, spelled with two T's, of course. And that sends me a little MP3 file of whatever message that you leave. I have a question for all of you folks. I have been doing recommended podcasts during the closing announcements. Do you find that that's really useful, or do you not care about it? Let me know what you think. I do have a recommended podcast for this show. It is Psychobilly Deluxe. Rockabilly has always been at the very heart of rock and roll. The first rock and roll song was a rock and billy song. And it's gone through a lot of changes. Uh, Texas Swing and uh, Brian Setzer after doing Stray Cats uh, put it with a big band orchestra. And it also has become Psychobilly, which is a combination of Rockabilly and hardcore rock and roll and punk. And Psycho Billy Deluxe covers it all. It's a lot of fun. It's a great show. And if you can listen to it without dancing, or at least without your head nodding and your feet tapping, you ain't human. And as always, never forget that the Quick Hits Podcast is nothing more than a journal of one man's opinion, and therefore should not be taken too seriously.